just here for the beer. Sportsnet 650 presents Just Here for the Beer, Canada's original dedicated beer radio show. I don't mean to have a one-track mind, but all I mean is a frosty pine. A Vancouver tradition for 10 years and counting. We're talking about the BC beer scene with the innovators, the movers and shakers, and brew makers of the industry. And I don't mean to whine and beg, but someone finally tapped that keg. I'm just here for the beer. It's just here for the beer radio with your hosts, Joe Leary and Rick Mohabir. Well, indeed, it is just here for the Beer Radio at JHFTV on Twitter and Instagram. Our special dedicated show from the Mount Pleasant and Area BIA. Uh, Joe Leary and Rick Mohabir from justhereforthebeer.com at JHFTV, as I said, on social media. And our guests are the newest kids on the block who, though the reputation and the brand is not new, they are coming new to the area. We're talking Steamworks Brewing. We've got with us Brian Markovic, who is the owner and operator of Steamworks Mount Pleasant. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. And longtime pal, Mr. Carl McCreef. We, you and I, go back many, many years, many, many bars ago. Many years, yes. You are a partner and the president of restaurant operations of Steamworks. So, Carl, I'm going to start with you. Uh, you've been around Steamworks a long time. How long have you had your eye on on this neighborhood, uh, Mount Pleasant? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's obviously a fantastic neighborhood. Um, this kind of came together in the last couple of years, but it's definitely been a neighborhood we've wanted to be a part of for a long time. So there was a plan to, because you have the operation the primary operation, the brewing area in, yeah. in Burnaby, yeah. and then you have the waterfront uh, at the uh, railway station, yes. the main, main hub of transportation. Yeah. So you're, and of course on, on Broadway as well. Yeah. But is this uh, is this the next phase of Steamworks? Is this something that we'll see probably a little bit more of down the road? Yeah, I think we, we like the idea of um, you know, the, the, the beer scene's kind of evolving, and I think the idea of having a place where we can, you know, enjoy food and enjoy our beer mm-hmm. all in one spot is, is something we want to do more of for sure. So, but, I, you know, really, we want to just open this one and see how it goes. So, Brian, you've been going through all the uh, the hoops and the hurdles that uh, unfortunately yeah. are in place, and, and hopefully with good reason for the most part. Um, can you see the vision coming together? Is it taking shape? I mean, we've been driving by. We've seen the signage for months. What's it, what's it looking inside like? It's definitely coming, coming together now. Uh, you know, everything's uh, moving ahead with construction-wise, uh, we feel like we're going to be opening sometime this summer. Um, and yeah, I'm happy you, you touched on Mount Pleasant before. I've been a resident in the neighborhood for the last six years, so you know I, I really do enjoy this neighborhood. That's why I want to help bring Steamworks to the area as well. Well, it's one of those areas too, Joe, that has seen an evolution, right? You know, with with all of the construction, all of the, you know, the the. the High rises and the condos and everything that are that are going in here, it just kind of makes sense to to open up. So, for those familiar with the the Steamworks food concept uh, model, yeah, this is another version of that. Maybe a little bit different ambiance because of the neighborhood and stuff. Yeah, I, I, it's definitely going to be a Mount Pleasant restaurant. I think in many ways, um, we're going to have a lot of the favorites from from the brew pub and. Um, Probably more kind of burgers, pizza. It'll be pretty casual. Um, we're going to try to have lots of beer taps. So it won't just be Steamworks beer. There'll be lots of different beers there. Um, nice. But yeah, it is the same food program you, as downtown. You're going to have some of, some of the neighborhood beers, perhaps? Well, that's the goal. <laughs> is that the goal? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we absolutely want to be part of the neighborhood. We, we've already talked to some of the local guys, and uh, we want to make sure we got, we're representing Mount Pleasant breweries on tap in, in, well, the, in, the, in the pub. I would say, without question, it is one of the most high-traffic uh, areas in the city. So visibility is extreme. I'm sure you've been getting yeah. a lot of people looking in the windows or knocking on the doors, seeing construction people going, <laughs> when, when is it open? So what, what's your best guess? I know it's really hard to nail down a specific, but what would you say your guys' best guess we're, is? We're, we're looking at August right August. now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I won't say exactly when in August, but uh, <laughs> right. we're, we're hoping for August best case right now. So, uh, and, and there seems to be a pretty sizable patio. Yes. Um, and those are something that have been, you know, obviously sprung up largely through COVID. The yeah. opportunity to have outside space certainly uh, was increased. Yeah, well, we're happy. The, the patio is also south-facing, so it's going to get lots of sun. Oh, and it's wow. got a nice kind of exposure area. Yeah, yeah. The thing that's really cool is we've got these nice folding doors, so it's going to open right up to the actual kind of inside dining room. The bar will be nudged up right against the side of the patio. So it should be a cool little space. We're pretty excited about it. And, Brian, this is your baby. This is, uh, this is your own thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've been I've been with the company for for ten years. Been an operator with them uh, for quite a while now, and uh, this is kind of the logical next step up. So uh, that's what that's what we're uh, going for. And obviously, you've done your due diligence in terms of you were mentioning, Rick, the amount of construction and yeah. development that this was like where the motel is on. That's what everyone <laughs> uses that as the landmark. You're yeah. you're literally a block up from the, the motel yes. on the same side of the street. But this was if you even watch old episodes of Da Vinci's Inquest and stuff because they shot in Vancouver and they shot a lot of stuff on Main Street and I watch it now going that wasn't there that wasn't there that wasn't there it's amazing how much yeah. it's developed so you must know you're going to be slammed when you open your door oh absolutely you know and I remember when when Conrad left Schemeworks to open Brassneck and you know you're where and you go up and you take a look oh this is kind of a cool neighborhood kind of up and coming and the difference between then and now is it's unbelievable I really think this Main Street kind of just culture and the, the it's such a social hub for the city right now so I really think it's become a big part of the city. And I think that was one of the nice things that, that kind of popped up, um, you know, with COVID going on uh, was the, the patio program, right? And with Main Street, and as you drive down it and, and you can't find parking anymore yeah. on Main Street, it's nothing but patios now. So I think you're definitely going to be pulling in that kind of uh, that kind of clientele. Yeah. That's, that's the vibe we're going for. And uh, I mean, it's not going to happen this summer, but uh, next summer, the, the asphalt in front of the where the restaurant is located right now, there's some picnic tables out there. Uh, that's going to be uh, Vancouver City's newest park. Uh, they're still working on plans, trying to finalize how they're going to work on it, but uh, that, that is going to turn into a city park uh, right on the corner of 7th and Main, so her whole oh, wow. restaurant will be lined along the So what is, what is above you? Is that going to be a massive uh, condo tower? What exactly Well, yeah, is I mean, it's at eight, eight stories? Yeah, I believe it's uh, co-op housing. Okay. It's uh, yeah. run by Catalyst uh, yeah. with, in, in cooperation with the city of Vancouver. Sure. So it's already full of residents. Well, yeah. you know, it's funny. You hit on something because the only thing that the area doesn't have in abundance is parking. But you know what? First of all, there's a ton of residents in the immediate yes. vicinity. Yeah. And secondly, yes. if you're going to be sampling all the great beers, you yeah. don't want a car there yeah. anyway. Yeah. Park, right? yeah. But if you yeah. did, there is yeah. 100 paid parking spots underneath oh, that. Is. Public paid parking oh. spots underneath that building, too. So oh, wow. Okay. It's so convenient big. for lunch. So you can slide in, yeah. up the elevator, into the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. And right on, a, right on a major transit line. Oh, I know that's your thing. So. Well, yes. There you go. So, okay. So explain to me then, uh, Mount Pleasant, the Steamworks Mount Pleasant will sort of have a similarity to other operations. Same basic food concept yes. with maybe a couple little maybe local twists yeah, perhaps. We'll absolutely try to twist the menu a little bit. Yeah. We're going to do brunch. We just started brunch in Gastown. We think brunch makes sense for this neighborhood. Right. I think, you know, there's a lot of active people here on weekends, so yeah. we, that's a yeah. good idea. Um, you know, we Rogue is a rather restaurant concept, so we'll probably pull a full, full uh, sorry, a few menu items out of there that we think will work for this concept as well. And, uh, yeah, and, and then we're going to just kind of be organic. Like, Brian being from the neighborhood, uh, he thinks there's certain things that people from around here are going to want, so we're going to mm-hmm. make sure we, we represent that as well. And again, your best guest is August-ish? August-ish. Okay, yeah. but that, that, could, that could change a little a little before if, uh, fingers crossed, if things go right. That's, that's, let's hope. it's uh, that's, that's that's the target right now. So yeah. without prying, behind the paper right now, is it a war zone in there? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, the hoods are up. But the framing's getting done. Most of the, the rough-ins are done. So we're, we're moving along pretty Carl, quick. Carl, you've been around this game a long time. Yes. You know that you can see something a week before it's supposed to open. There's no way this is going to open. Yeah. And surprisingly, it's perfect on opening day. Well, I told Brian it's a neat experience because it's a construction site and then yeah. one day someone leaves with their bag of tools yeah. and it's yeah. now a restaurant. Yeah. And it's yeah. a pretty cool transition. It's actually one of my favorite things about doing an opening. Well, we're going to talk to uh, the uh, executive director of the BIA, Neil, and see if we can't do a show maybe end of year yeah. from the Mount Pleasant area because then you'll be up and running. Let's do it. And I know that because with the restrictions being lifted, this is going to be a real good holiday season. Even though it's months down the road, yeah. you're mm-hmm. going to be slammed for bookings. Yeah. Carl McCree, the partner and president of restaurant operations for Steamworks. Brian Markovic, who is the owner-operator of Steamworks Mount Pleasant. Fingers crossed, August of 2022. You can check them out at Steamworks, M-O-U-N-T, Pleasant on Instagram. And before we let you go, you've got a brand new beer here that you brought for us. What is this? Yeah, the Halo. So it's uh, a light, hazy IPA. So, you know, kind of in the spirit of our flagship IPA, we wanted to do something that was... Your award-winning flagship Award-winning flagship, yes. Thank you for that. (laughs) I appreciate that. Uh, So this is 3.5%. So you can have a couple and you can, you know, still be feeling pretty good after. But, you know, I think I think there's a lot of movement in generally in the beer culture where 
where people want to have beer that's light with incredible flavor, and that's the goal. Well, we were talking about this because, um, uh, you know, again, if, it, if it's a full-bodied tasting light IPA, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that because light IPAs can creep off on you, as, as we all know. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. yeah. But I think is you're seeing this, Carl, because you oversee the operation. Is that where the trend is going? More and more places are coming up with yeah, lower right. IBVs. You know, you see it with a lot of the beers. It's definitely um, with with tap lists. When we look at a list of 20 taps or whatever, this is this is one of the beers you have to have. It's been very popular, and and even just personally as a consumer, I'm drinking a lot of low alcohol beers right now. It's just it's safer, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and I still want to enjoy a beer with flavor, and I don't want to get stuck drinking something with no flavor. So okay. um, I think it's a, it's a, a category or a type of a style of beer that's going to be very popular moving forward. Well, again, fingers crossed for the August opening of Steamworks. It's not as if nobody knows who you are. Everybody knows the brand. They're just waiting for it to open. And hopefully next time we talk, uh, you guys will be open. Brian and Carl, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Right, thank Cheers. You. Cheers, guys. Just here for the Beer Radio, sponsored in part by Angry Otter Liquor. Check out Angry Otter Liquor stores where local lives. Why choose between assortment and experience when you can have both? Shop the Angry Otter aisles with their trained team and vast curated selection. And with over $400,000 donated last year, know that the dollar you spend stays local. Angry Otter Liquor stores where local lives. Google Angry Otter Liquor stores or angryotterliquor.crs for a location near you. Vancouver Young Actors School gives kids the confidence to do anything on and off camera. Take Melissa, whose daughter Emma is in the program right now. Before Vancouver Young Actors School, she was shy and lacked confidence. I noticed a difference after only a few short months. She just seemed so much more centered and willing to get out there and be a part of something. Act now. Classes are starting soon. Oh my goodness, she's made so many friends. She's become an amazing person just through taking classes here. Sign up today at VancouverYoungActorSchool.com. I'm Bailey Murphy, stylist at the award-winning Avant-Garde Hair Studio in Yaletown. We're known for creative hair makeovers, both male and female. And if you're looking for something new this new year, come and see me. 2021 means it's time for a change and a fresh start and a fresh new look. If it's highlights, a fade, or just a bold new style for 2021, talk to me, Bailey Murphy. I'm at Avant-Garde Hair Studio, 1075 Mainland Street in Yaletown, or you can email me, hairbybailey at gmail.com. That's hairbybailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y-Y at gmail.com. Listening to Just Here for the Beer Radio on Sportsnet 650 AM and 96.9 FM HD3, Canada's original dedicated beer radio broadcast for over a decade. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JHFTB. It's Just Here for the Beer Radio and your host Joe Leary and Rick Mohabir. We welcome you back to Just Here for the Beer Radio on Sportsnet 650 AM. Also, at 96.9 FM HD3. You can also stream us through all streaming devices and go to justhereforthebeer.com for earlier episodes of our radio show. We've been on the air coming up on 12 years, Rick. 12. In October. Uh, by the way, we're broadcasting from Main Street Brewing on, uh, on East 7th. Uh, yeah, so we've been on the air nearly a dozen years, and this is the first time we've actually had uh, this company with us, and it's such a pleasure to welcome Brassneck Brewing. Nigel Springthorpe is the co-founder Pleasure to have you, sir. Why did it, why did it take almost a dozen years? I, I'm not sure. I, I don't feel like I'm that reclusive. I haven't been uh, hiding out or anything. I think we just haven't quite crossed paths yet. Well, it's funny because I think um, uh, earlier we were doing stuff with another company doing brewery tours, and I think the first brewery that I actually went on a yes, tour sir. stopped stopped in Brasnick. So oh. nice, tight little operation. But you know, we're coming up on 12 years. You got to have a few years behind you on, on Main Street. Yeah, we're coming up on nine years, nine years. Uh, in, in October. I think, um, yeah, we were part of that first kind of new wave of breweries that came along eight or nine years ago, including where we're at right now, Main Street, 33 Acres, uh, and Brassneck. And there was kind of this sort of fresh resurgence and, uh, and, and I would say kind of a rebirth of the whole brewing scene in, in Vancouver at that time. And, and, you know, a little tidbit, we were the very first um, brewery tasting lounge to get the official kind of designation of being a tasting, tasting lounge and being licensed because I don't know if you remember but before that mm -hmm. you were only allowed to sell yeah. one 12 ounce beer 12 ounce beer so per, 3 4 ounce samples yeah, yeah. Yeah. per person per day and then like, you were gone yeah. can you imagine I can't even imagine that these days <laughs> but, but yeah and so yeah we were the first uh, license to be issued and then very very quickly after us uh, others followed uh, yeah. so take us back in time because if you go back 9 years 9 years was 
was when the real bubble of craft beer was just starting mm -hmm. to blow up. Did people take to Brassneck immediately, or were kind of some people going, hmm, I don't know if that's going to work here? It, it was an explosion, I would say, right uh, from the beginning. And I, I, I have this one little kind of story that I told a couple of times, but it just really illustrates the, I would say, what was kind of bordering on hysteria that was happening. Mm -hmm. But, I, you know, when we first opened, we we only did growlers. Uh, we did half liter, one liter, two liter growlers. And, you know, we kind of put a bit of thought into how it was going to work, and we had our, our cute little labels and the little tags and everything. It, it doesn't necessarily work that way these days. It's not as, not as fussy, but in the beginning, that's how it worked. And so we had, we've been open a couple of weeks, and it was... There was lineups and people were coming through. It was like a convey battle. People with their with their growlers coming for fills, and everyone's like, "Ooh, what's this? What's happening?" And then this this day, this this older older, older lady comes in, and she goes, she goes, "Can I, I, can I have some jam? I want some of that jam." I'm like, "What? What do you mean, it's like jam?" And she and she just seen people wandering around the streets with growlers. And <laughs> oh, big she thought it was jam. She oh, didn't wow. care what it was. She just wanted one. And she came in and she was like, I, "Give me two liters of jam." And anyway, she she did leave with a beer, but that was kind of the like growlers were brand new. Everyone yeah. was doing it, and everyone was like, "What is this cool but thing then, that I get to do?" But back then, the general public that was something that they had never seen before. Mm -hmm. I mean, you had to be a bit of a beer aficionado exactly. at that point to have your own growler, right? Well, when Conrad and I talked about doing the brewery and and uh, how it was going to work, just doing growlers, we always kind of had that. Those kind of early adapter, uh, yes. the, the, the real yes. beer nerdy crew, yes. that, they were always going to be our bread and butter. And we didn't think it would expand much further than that, but we, but we felt like if we please them and we do a good job, they'll keep coming back and they'll always come back. And to be honest, it's almost gone that full sort of circle. Gravel sales, sales are still there, it's still part of our business and we're proud to do it because I think even more than before, we need to have that reusable mm -hmm. vessel that people use. But it, it has sort of gone back to that thing where it's actually still that same dedicated few and, and I yeah. and I see the same the same guys even who were there in the beginning who still they come in they show up they put their full growlers down they know what they want still that kind of culture with it I uh, was one of those people that thought it would be a really fun idea to start collecting various growlers mm -hmm. until I realized it's not fun because you got no room for them so, yeah. so I'm surprised they're still around our guest is Nigel Springthorpe the co-founder of Brassnet Brewing on Main Street this is a dedicated Mount Pleasant BIA area show Joe Leary and Rick Mohabir from Main Street Brewing on East 7th. Now, in the nine years that you've been around, you've seen a number of changes. Uh, rules and regulations been eased or amended because, again, in the early days, we're going to you know, talk to Barry from R&B. Yes. You literally could only go in, fill up a growler, and get out. There was nothing to keep you there. You weren't allowed to sit and mingle or sample or anything. So where's the, where's the brewery tasting room uh, rules at now? Are you pretty happy with what you're allowed to do? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's 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 where it needs to be. It's 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 treated like a a restaurant or or a pub. I think and I think the city were were actually quite helpful during COVID situation too. With and and there was a little more leniency as far as allowing patios, which has now become part of the deal. It doesn't really make that much difference to us because we don't really have a whole lot of outdoor seating uh, available up front. Um, but. Um, well, yeah, are they, are they building a new building so here. From, from where you where you started, are you really happy with the way this evolution has has come? Do, does it kind of feel nice to kind of be the one to kind of get that ball rolling and, and give it that really good push and see where everybody's taking it from I there? Think, I think we can say that we got our roots down early. I think having a small neighborhood brewery uh, on a place like uh, in a place like uh, the Main Street Mount Pleasant area was always our MO from right. when we from when we uh, decided that we were going to do a brewery. And we were always kind of retail heavy and, and we wanted it to be that experience where you come to the tasting room, you come hang out, you have a beer more than being on, on liquor store shelves. We always wanted it to be that. And I think that that's what happens is, is and that's what has happened, is that uh, breweries have become this real kind of cornerstone of, of so many neighborhoods. Yeah. So it's kind of like a meeting place, the hub of where everybody gets together and, and, and is able to enjoy each other's company, more yeah. so than a pub, right? Well, I, I, I think like a neighborhood. I mean, we have so many regulars at, at, at Brassnet, lots of good people, and they're the bread and butter of the place. And, and you get that from people uh, even walking into the shop, too. You get to know everybody. And, and, and again, you know, use COVID as an example. We had a little 
we, nobody was allowed inside. We had our little perch set up out front, <laughs> and we was outside. It wasn't, weren't even, wasn't even people coming in, but it became this little hub of where, even though people weren't allowed to come in, they, weren't, they couldn't sit at the bar, they couldn't have a beer, but they would come and they'd want to do their, their daily chat, even when they're just buying their cans. Yeah, yeah. And you still got treated as that, as that kind of... That family almost. Yeah, and that, I mean, I think, I think the word community gets tossed around a little too much these days, almost like it mm -hmm. yeah. become a cliche, but, but it really did feel like we were part of the, of the neighborhood and of the community at that time, because people were just treating us that way. Well, not only that, but as you look across the street and you see that Steamworks is moving into the area and they're an established brand, um, you probably look at that one, well, it's only going to bring more people to the neighborhood, oh, or yeah. more beer fans to the neighborhood, that's all good. Yeah, I, don't, I think strength in numbers. I don't think it's ever a problem. If you're, if you're um, solid and secure in what you do, and you're happy with what you do, and, and you know that you're putting your best foot forward, and that you've got, you know, you're doing, the consumers decide. Yeah. And I think if, you, if you're doing something good quality, and you're keeping it interesting for people, like more places in the neighborhood, that's better. Well, I, I, I truly believe that. You've been doing it for nine years. You're doing something right, Nigel. Pleasure to finally have you on the show, and let's not wait another nine years before we uh, get you back. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for, for talking to us. I appreciate it. You got it. Nigel Springthorpe, who is the co-founder of Brassneck Brewing. This is Just Here for the Beer from Main Street Brewing on 7th Avenue. It may sound too good to be true, but if you're willing to put in the work, I can redesign you. I'm Troy from T-Squared Personal Training in downtown Vancouver, and just two or three visits per week, I can have you in great shape and at the top of your game just in time for summer. Contact me to check out my gravity training system. You'll get a full body intense workout and feel awesome. Within five sessions, you will definitely feel a difference. Visit my website, tsquaredtraining.com, or find me on Google, Twitter, or Facebook. Just here for the Beer Radio, sponsored in part by Angry Otter Liquor. Check out Angry Otter Liquor stores where local lives. Why choose between assortment and experience when you can have both? Shop the Angry Otter aisles with their trained team and vast curated selection. And with over $400,000 donated last year, know that the dollar you spend stays local. Angry Otter Liquor stores where local lives. Google Angry Otter Liquor stores or angryotterliquor.crs for a location near you. This is Just Here for the Beer Radio on Sportsnet 650 AM and 96.9 HD3, a Vancouver broadcast tradition since 2010. Check out the audio podcast at justhereforthebeer.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at JHFTV. Here again are your hosts, Joe Leary and Rick Moabeer. We are broadcasting from Main Street Brewing, the historic uh, building at Main Street Brewing, 7th and Main, as the dedicated Mount Pleasant and Area BIA show, uh, all of the great breweries. And it's amazing, Rick, when you go back in history, um, there are some OGs in this business that we so fondly uh, look to because these were the people that paved the way for what the beer scene is today. And I know we've had this conversation with this gentleman before, but you can only imagine how many blank looks you got if you were 25 five years old as a brewery and you're going around to bars and restaurants saying hey come and try my craft beer and people are going what are you talking about barry benson the b of r&b brewing uh pleasure to see you back again sir how are you i'm doing great good to see you guys again how, how many dumbfounded looks and blank stares did you get 25 years ago when uh when yeah. you and rick decided to start <laughs> up r&b brewing well we had a bit of competition there was only uh 16 craft breweries in bc and oh, of, wow. of those uh, Okanagan Springs was one and Granville Island were one. Like, they were still large, but they were considered crap. We had what was called the Boundary Road Rule, where it, it was impossible to sell craft beer uh, east of Boundary Road. Uh, but, yeah, we, we, we hoofed it around a lot, and uh, there was a few... Uh, high-quality restaurants, which was where we sort of got our foot in. That's that's how mm -hmm. we started to make a name for ourselves. They wanted quality beer, and we were quality beer, so we merged with them. And we've always had a really good relationship with restaurants, as opposed to, like, pubs. But I think the advantage you had is that you started small and grew organically as opposed to went and mortgaged yourself to the hilt or overfinanced yourself like some of the other players have had to do. Yeah. You know, find a good location, all that. But I was just saying earlier, when, when you opened your doors, there was nothing to do other than come in, 
pour some beer into a growler yeah. and go. We didn't even have growlers. You didn't even have growlers. When we started, there was two ways you could go. You could go uh, as a brew pub and you couldn't sell beer outside of your premise, or you could go as a microbrewery and you could sell beer outside your premise, but not on your premise. So we chose the latter. Yeah. And then about uh, five, five years in, um, uh, Spinnaker's uh, pushed hardly to get distribution, and that happened, and then things changed quite a bit. And, and largely due to the efforts of John Mitchell and people like oh, that. that uh, uh, yeah, um, uh, yeah the, the owner of Spinnaker. Yeah, but, but John Mitchell was one of these guys that, yes. that pioneered and paved the way, and then people yeah. like Barry and Rick of R&B opened, just crashed through the doors and, and, uh, and launched what is the craft beer season. Bruce Columbia, as far as I'm concerned. Well, Barry, when you look back at it and you see where we are now, what are your thoughts? Well, I, it's, it's amazing. Uh, and what, what I see is happening now is breweries are becoming more neighborhood friendly, mm -hmm. whereas you had to span yourself uh, quite widely to, to sell your, your product. But now there's so much enthusiasm with craft beer. You can open up a small beer, like, like Mauricio, the faculty. You can open up a small facility and survive because the neighborhood around you supports you. So I, I, I've seen it change that way. It's, it's really amazing. It's really heartwarming. Well, I don't think we want to get into government restrictions and regulations, but, <laughs> but they've definitely changed over the years and certainly eased a lot of the unnecessary burdens. That, that's very true, and that, that is one of the reasons, as well as all the city regulations changing, as why uh, the breweries have blossomed in the last 10 years, because it, it's easier. They've cut away a lot of the red tape. They understood. They understand what a brewery is now. Like when Rick and I started up, and we had to get a trade waste interceptor, and the, the, the people at City Hall threw up their hands. Like, we don't know what size you need, or what are you, what are you going to put in it? And then now there's, well, there's a little more strict regulations. But I think it's almost chicken and egg type, type situation where those people from 25 years ago that are now in those positions in City Hall that have grown up with craft beer, and, and families and parents and aunts and uncles that have, that have drank craft beer, now truly understand what it is compared to that generation before. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And that's what makes it a lot more easier now. But they can only do that with housing. <laughs> yes. I, I think what's funny is every once in a while you'll see somebody post a meme on social media about, you know, showing a bunch of kids today a, a dial a telephone, phone. a rotary <laughs> yeah. phone, and imagine and imagine showing some young person say the early days. You can see somebody sitting in a tasting room drinking, eating a meal, playing <laughs> trivia, playing bingo, yeah. having a live performance. And then you think back to those days when you and Rend and Rick opened your doors. Could you have foreseen that expanding that much? Uh, not, not to the point where it is now. It's just an amazing transformation. Uh, we, we could see, we could see the growth of the craft brewing industry because I, I worked in the American craft brewing industry for a while mm -hmm. and saw it, it, it explode. And so I knew that there was that potential here in, in British Columbia, but uh, so fast and and grand. I would never have expected that. It is just here for the beer, broadcasting from Main Street Brewing, our dedicated Mount Pleasant BIA area show. We're talking R&B Brewing with Barry Benson, the B in R&B. Congratulations on a quarter century. And uh, you have a rather... In Mount Pleasant. In Mount Pleasant. You have a rather ambitious uh, undertaking to celebrate 25 years. Yes, our, uh, our extremely wonderful brew crew have decided they're going to put out 25 beers for 25 years this year. And I think... I think we're coming up on number nine. Each one of them has a nice little logo on the side that has ah. the number of the beer on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we basically just do one one batch of each. So uh, there's maybe 40 or 50 flats of beer available, and then boop, it's on to the next one, boop, it's on to the next one. And we also did this with our core beers. We came out with the six pack, which is all six of our core beers in one nice package. Uh, so that gives people- There's some classics in there. Yeah, yeah, those, those are the ones we've been doing for at least the last five years. Well, the Raven was the second beer we yeah, ever brewed. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. Did and you did you get any blowback on any of your uh, any of your choices for names over the years? No, no. No. People kind of chuckle and they go, huh? And I say, well, they're Vancouver names. <laughs> <laughs> There's one in particular I refer to. Uh, yeah. Now, you've got something pretty uh, adventurous that we're trying right now. I wasn't, This is Manganero. This, this, was, is, this is one of your 25 beers? This was just packaged today. Okay. This, oh, this is the freshest fresh oh, yeah. so okay. This is number eight. Number eight. Right there. So this is a mango hazy IPA with habanero. Yes. And my question to you was, it does it have a kick? And you go, yeah. And my first couple of sips, I wasn't really getting it. Now I'm getting it. Yeah, it's, it's a, got a it's, late 
it's a slow, a slow, slow burn. It's a slow burn. It's a slow burn. Yeah. But it's not. A, I've had chili beers in the past, yeah. and I've found some of them offensive. I find this one really uh, uh, not aggressive. It's 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 got the, the the balance of the sweetness of the mango and then the spiciness of the habanero. So it's kind of kind of amazing. What are some of the other uh, key beers in the 25 beers for 25 beers so series? This is a called overnight sensation, and the the idea of the every beer is they're named after songs or musicians. Oh, so here this is a Frank Zappa one, overnight no. sensation. Uh, that's a tart hazy IPA, and uh, we've got a grapefruit goza, and then uh, this one isn't part of the numbered series, but we brought out the last two years in a row. It's our dill pickle goza, and it's pretty crazy. It just it, it's got an 80-20 hit on it. 80% of people love it, 20% of people can't stand it. <laughs> and then this one's an interesting one. This is number six here. So this is a uh, you know, basically milkshake IPAs are uh, they use lactose in them, so they're they're not vegan friendly. But we uh, used more oats and nitrogen on this, Ooh. so it's got the it's got the milkshake IPA mouthfeel and flavor and aroma, but it's vegan friendly. So we're very happy about that. We've got a lot of interest in that one. Uh, and then we've got just a nice Vienna lager, and uh, we're coming out with a cold IPA. So I must ask you, because take this de endeavor back 25 years when you launched the doors, and how reluctant people might have been to even try a craft beer then, oh, compared definitely. to the Giants. Can you imagine if you came out of the gate with a dill pickle goza 25 years ago, <laughs> you would have been ridden out of town on a rail, Yeah. You know? Well, I do remember uh, Tall Ship beers. They were amazing, and people just didn't get them, yeah. and they lasted a couple of years uh, up in Squamish, and that was very very unfortunate, but uh, yeah, there was that. A lot of beers came in and out, and in and out, and in and out. So, so the 25 beers for 25 years uh, are available in limited quantity. Get them while they're available because they're yep. not going to reappear. Collect the whole set. Collect the whole set. Yeah, there you go. And the uh, the mix pack is available as well. Yeah, um, everything's available at the uh, the Ale and Pizza House at 54 East Fourth, where we've also got the restaurant, and uh, people can sit down, try them all on tap, and purchase some on the way out on the way home. Well, nice. I will tell you uh, when I speak on behalf of Rick, um, the beer committee owes R&B a deadly gratitude Much. for having, <laughs> having endeavored and, and pursued, because it probably wasn't um, an easy ride in the early days. But I will also tell you this, one of the personal highlights for me in the almost 12 years of doing our show was actually having a collaboration beer with the folks yes. at, at R&B. That's right. Had your pictures on That's it. right. It was a very, <laughs> a very proud moment. Barry Benson, always a pleasure, sir. Let's not wait another few years before we do this again. Good. good to see you both again, and right. congratulations on your show. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks. I'm Bailey Murphy, stylist at the award-winning Avant-Garde Hair Studio in Yaletown. We're known for creative hair makeovers, both male and female. And if you're looking for something new this new year, come and see me. 2021 means it's time for a change and a fresh start and a fresh new look. If it's highlights, a fade, or just a bold new style for 2021, talk to me, Bailey Murphy. I'm at Avant-Garde Hair Studio, 1075 Mainland Street in Yaletown, or you can email me, hairbybailey at gmail.com. That's hairbybailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y-Y -Y, at gmail.com. With Alex Jobson, real estate advisor of City to Suburb Real Estate Group from the Sutton Group West Coast Realty. Two decades of award-winning service. And Alex, what is the most important thing to look for when one seeks out a real estate advisor? Trust. No doubt in my mind. It needs to be trust. The governing bodies in our area for real estate um, put in place uh, things to protect you. However, you are spending on average in this market a million dollars, give or take, you need to be able to trust the realtor that you're asking to help you. And in your nearly two decades, you have built trust as well. You can find out some testimonials on citytosuburb.ca. He's Alex Jobson, real estate advisor, City to Suburb Real Estate Group of the Sutton Group West Coast Realty. Listening to Just Here for the Beer Radio on Sportsnet 650 AM and 96.9 FM HD3, Canada's original dedicated beer radio broadcast for over a decade. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JHFTB. It's Just Here for the Beer Radio and your hosts Joe Leary and Rick Mohabir. 
It is just here for the Beer Radio, our special dedicated Main Street BIA and area show. We're broadcasting from Main Street Brewing on 7th Avenue, right by Main, a very historic spot, the mouth of Brewery Creek. Great story uh, of where we're at and a great heritage building. Joe Leary along with Rick Mohabir from Just Here for the Beer at JHFTB. Follow us on social media. We've got some great stuff to oh, give away. Yeah. Make sure that you follow us. We'll randomly select some followers and give you some of the great merch that we have collected through this uh, special show. This is one of the most animated people we've ever had on the show. It is never starved for conversation, always in an upbeat mood. Nothing seems to get him down. Mauricio Lozano, who is the founder of Faculty Brewing, you're always such a happy-go-lucky guy. Even even during COVID, we ran into you, and you were still smiling your face, animated. Oh, always. my God. Thank you so much. I mean, I won the lottery, like, literally living in British Columbia and around. Like, I mean, you cannot say no to this. It's, like, yeah. such a nice place to be. You uh, opened in 2016. Yes. Uh, and uh, a lot has developed in that time. Obviously, let's take COVID out of the equation. But uh, when you opened, uh, we were just talking off air that uh, you did not foresee, because you were not legally allowed to have a patio or anything like that, because you didn't have the right type of licensing. Exactly. So in certain respects, and I think most would agree, COVID has not really been a curse. It's actually opened some doors that you didn't think would open up. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, when COVID hit and you had to close your testing room, first it opened the the, the option of home delivery, which is a complete new business and revenue stream for us. And then the second was, you cannot sit inside, you have to have a patio. Suddenly breweries are allowed patios, which it was it was something we considered we didn't have. No one designed their breweries like you're gonna have a patio. It was only yeah. restaurants that were allowed patios. And now that patios are allowed, suddenly it looks like they're staying. <laughs> and now they're going through permanent applications and everybody's trying to get them permanent. This is like a whole new game. And with the weather changing and getting nice and sunny, like for sure. Well, Joe, you and I have talked about this where we've said before that you know some of the government legislation was the chicken little this guy's falling this guy's falling it was crap. If, if, if we let you do this this is gonna happen this, bad things this that yeah. right calls for service from police and all, all of that other stuff but COVID came along and showed people that we can do this responsibly that that the grown-ups here in Vancouver that that frequent these establishments we can do this generally speaking I would say that if you're going out for a night of drinking and all that that may entail you're not going to a brewery tasting room okay if you're if you're going out to party okay, yes you're not going to a brewery tasting room so why should they be guided the same way as bars are and, and you know what like sitting outside makes zero difference i mean we still have full control we're still like putting it around but it's so nice to sit outside i mean yeah. we get so much sun months like maybe three or four we might as well get the most yeah. use of it like we have our little balconies in our apartments just for like three months of the year like we might as well have the patios to use them and let me know like sitting outside makes a crazy difference like in a day a little chilly and then you do appreciate bright flavors aromas the sounds of the city i mean i love our tasting rooms they're amazingly and well designed but you're indoors and it gets stuffy you know like yes. too many people around so with covid it's also safer like covid is not gone yet you might as well get fresh air and see exactly. outside well i'm going to say also that you remember rick we had a uh, we met up with mauricio prior to covid yes. a couple years back and we were talking about doing something with the bias which we now do most of our shows through bias or city councils and mauricio told us that there really is no BIA that covers where you are located. Yes. And where are you located? In 2nd and Ontario. Between 2nd and 3rd on Ontario Street. Okay. And then when we talked to Neil Wiles, who's the executive director of the Mount Pleasant BIA, he goes, they're kind of in my neighborhood. Let's 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 throw yes. them in there. So it, it just kind of goes to show that like areas that are willing to realize that there's a great beer scene in this immediate vicinity. Walk, yeah. walk a couple of blocks that way, walk a couple of blocks that yeah. way. There's great beer, so why not celebrate it? But there is no BIA that covers you, so I think maybe that's something that needs that's to be worked opportunity. on. And I mean, again, this is called Brewery Creek. Like, Main Street was a creek, and there was breweries here. I mean, kudos to Main Street that took an existing old-school brewery. Like that, I mean, that's amazing. But, like, up on Main, like, there was so many other breweries that we're not celebrating that history. So you're yeah. back into the his historic brewery district. is back a brewery district. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the renaissance of beer happening it's again. It's almost and the circle exactly. again, right? But it's amazing to think, though, do you ever stop and really give credit to the people that and Brewery Creek back in the late 1800s because imagine all the technology you have access to today and how relatively easy it is to make a brew. Yeah. Imagine in the old days, exactly. we had to go to the creek and get buckets yeah. of water and then haul it up the, the hill. And, yeah. and buildings were very vertical. Like, I mean, I think this is going to, another first circle that might happen. I don't know. If, if it happens, are you, you know, it's a big prediction. But um, breweries now are like very extend. Like, you yes. need a lot of square footage. But back in the days, breweries were like tiny square foot and stacked because they were in pumps. You needed to bring the grain to 
the top and it will be from the grain to the mash tun, lower to the fermenter, lower and lower to the barrels. So if they were in pumps, you need to use gravity. gravity and now that yeah. we're squeezed for space, I, I'm actually waiting to see a brewery that is back into a stack building. Like, <laughs> maybe the tanks are in the bottom, but like your canning line and your tasting yeah. room and they're all stacked in a it's tiny little underneath. facility. Yeah. Right? Because we're running out of square footage and rents are going high, so the next brewery will have to be on a small building on a stack place for sure. Our guest is Mauricio Lozano, who is the founder of Faculty Brewing, uh, opened in uh, 2016, so uh, six years. Been a fun six years. It's been oh my God, it's a right. Two of those years are kind of weird. Exactly. But, but during that weirdness, you actually started doing the delivery service. Yes. Home delivery service. Uh, well, the first thing everybody did, we got a testing room. Let's stay open. But we're very lucky. Beer was considered an essential service, so we can continue to run. Well, it's essential to you. It's essential <laughs> to you. It's essential to <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's food at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we were an essential service. We can do home delivery. And we started doing it. And it was at the first time, let's get any cash we can. Turn beer into cash, period. Let's pay the rent. And then like, okay, this is more than a month, two months, three months. We're losing money. Like, this is not viable. And then it was until we held hands with other breweries like Brassneck, uh, Slohan, Lupolo, Powell Street, Dominion Cider, Dickens Ginger, and we were like, let's make it collectively. And that's how Beerman was born. So Beerman is not another company. Beerman is us. It's just the Beerman website is like a website within its websites. So you buy the product, uh, four o'clock uh, you order, we get all the orders, bring all the products to a warehouse, pack all the orders, and then go deliver. And it's our staff and it's ourselves doing the delivery for the seven of us. So w during the weirdness, because there was conflict changes to regulations and rollbacks during COVID, you know, where they would close uh, premises or you had to close early or or whatever the restrictions were, and then the VAX passports came in. So, fingers crossed, as we sit here today, I think we're pretty much in a relatively good place. Yes. Business is back to normal. Um, are, how are the public responding? Are they are they flocking through the tasting room and, and enjoying the, the good old days? I mean, we're almost back at 2019 levels. I think we're trying to compare to 2019. And so, yes, we we're getting to that. We're almost getting at the level of sales it was. However, the costs are way higher. Like minimum wage went yes. up, um, the fuels are up, the ingredients are up. So so in order for us to be par with previous years, we will need to be a little bit bigger than than uh, previous years. And that's where having other revenue streams like um, online sales and different other parts will make up for it. And you said that you've kind of stepped away from the day-to-day -day brewing that yeah. you started with. Yeah. Uh, and now you're you're the boots on the ground. You're the sales force. I'm the sales force for <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I wish I liked it. I mean, it's just getting into new ground. So, I mean, I was a home brewer dream uh, idea. Where, like, I was a home brewer. I was working in beer before. Really wanted to open the brewery. So I opened it so I would brew it. And so maybe the first 70 to 80 batches, I brew them with my hands. And then we're at batch 600 or something. And, I, you know, like, I'm the one now uh, really knocking on doors well, selling the beer. And, and that's part of being an entrepreneur, right? You're a jack of all trades. And then sooner or later, you got to figure out where's my niche and, and where's my time best spent, right? And he's, he's one of the nicest guys. Oh. Meet in this business. If he comes to me trying to sell me beer, I'm going to go, yeah, I'll buy it. Dude, you can't help but look at him and smile. Uh, I mean, let me tell a funny anecdote quickly. Okay. Have you ever the beer? Yeah. Like, I'm, I mean, I, I've been here 14 years, and I've been trying and trying and trying. I still have an accent. I was well. a little shy about my accent, but you know what I realized? You will always remember when I call you. Like, yeah. of course you will know who I am. So that just became my tagline. Like, you know who I am. Don't, don't joke about it. Uh, okay, so being the salesman that you are, sell us on shower beer here. So the shower beer is a concept that went over staff wanted to do, we wanted to have the perfect shower beer. Mm. I mean, it really starts into, when you have a, a shower beer, if you're one of those, if not, please try it. You want something that's very crushable, easy to drink and refreshing, so sweetness is out of the way. Now, what we like about hazy pale ales is the aroma. Now, a lot of the hazies tend to be on the sweet side. Yes. This one is like dry, 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 dry. And then we went with extremely floral hops like cashmere and calista that makes a nice floral silky hop. So if you sip into the beer, it's nice and dry, but then you still get that like beautiful aroma to go so imagine like the beer is cold and stuff you're coming out of a run you're wet and cold yeah. you're gonna crush a beer but you need to have a shower to go out so crack a beer <laughs> jump in the shower with your beer and you're having shower beer now i should mention that there is always a number on the faculty beers yes. and uh, did you want to tell us the origin of that why you did that yeah so i come from academia um i teach uh, part-time at bcit and so i really like how school courses are numbered so by looking at the number you know how strong the beer is going to be our lager ecs beer is one 
101, and then goes all the way to 700, 7.4% uh, IPA goes around. So 165. So 165 is still on the 100 level, very easy and approachable beer. And then you can go ahead and, and, and know that it goes into the easier of the, of the beers. And if it goes, it goes more complex. Another part that is very unique about our brand, we're open source. So the recipe is not 100% ours. Like we facilitated the recipe. There's a lot of input by homebrewers and, you know, guests and customers mm -hmm. that send those ideas. So we, in retribution, we actually uh, post the, the, the recipe online and on the package. So if you're a home brewer and want to brew this beer, buy a can and go to your local homebrew shop and the recipe is on the can. And then you can try to replicate wow. it and go for it. And if there's something going to change, just give us an email and we'll my update it because that's, we're kind of like, we're the, the facilitator of the recipes. Yes. We don't invent them yeah. and that's why we don't feel okay keeping them secret. What a sales guy. <laughs> Mauricio Lozano, the founder of Faculty Brewing. You got such a nice little spot, nice little area. I'm so glad that we've acquainted ourselves with you over the years. You've been in operation since 2016. Uh, happy days are here again. Mauricio, thank you so oh, much. Thank you friend. so much. No, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the show, so thanks so much and looking forward to this. Thank you. Cheers. It may sound too good to be true, but if you're willing to put in the work, I can redesign you. I'm Troy from T-Squared Personal Training in downtown Vancouver, and just two or three visits per week, I can have you in great shape and at the top of your game just in time for summer. Contact me to check out my gravity training system. You'll get a full body intense workout and feel awesome. Within five sessions, you will definitely feel a difference. Visit my website, tsquaredtraining.com, or find me on Google, Twitter, or Facebook. Listening to Just Here for the Beer Radio on Sportsnet 650 AM and 96.9 FM HD3, Canada's original dedicated beer radio broadcast for over a decade. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JHFTB. It's Just Here for the Beer Radio and your host Joe Leary and Rick Mohabir. It is indeed just here for the beer as we approach the 12th anniversary of the show coming up in October. It's been a long, crazy, oh, strange trip. Jump yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Oh, dude. Uh, just here for the beer. And of late, Rick, we have been doing what we call the neighborhood shows where Correct. we do a dedicated beer community because every community now has become a beer community, working largely through tourism departments or city councils and or BIAs, which is Business Improvement Associations. And this is a, a dedicated Mount Pleasant show. And right off the top, we're going to Nigel Pike, yeah. who is the owner, operations manager, Thank you. Thank you. founder of right <laughs> Main Street Brewing in the historic Brewery Creek area. And we should give props to Neil Wiles, who is the executive director of the Mount Pleasant BIA. I got the last minute email this morning going, sorry, Joe, but out of an abundance of caution, I need to isolate because I guess he's got... Uh, you know, he does he's, have the, he's got, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. So, uh, so Nigel is kind of hitting a little bit. Uh, but before we start talking Main Street and everything else that you're involved in, um, you've been a longtime uh, beer player in, in the market. You're a restaurateur as well. But uh, I just think we need to give some some homage to the building that Main yes. Street Brewing is is located uh, in because this was, was this the mouth of Brewery Creek? Was this the? This was well. This is on the stream of Brewery Creek. On the stream. So, kitty corner to Main Street, um, there was a 40-foot water wheel that basically supplied water into what was at the time the Vancouver Breweries. So, it's a very historic area. Obviously, as we know, there's uh, this made up one of the buildings in the 13 buildings that were the Vancouver Breweries. Prior to that, it was the, there was a lot of different iterations bought and sold during that time, but uh, late 1800s, early 1900s. So, yeah, pretty so, amazing. So, the building that we're in now is uh, is it declared a heritage building? It is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but this is the, obviously, so being a heritage building, you can't affect the, the overall structure of the building. You no. can certainly moderate or, or, mod or sorry uh, moderate and uh, and renovate interior but so this where we're sitting right now in your tasting room on on 7th Avenue 
This would have been what back in the back in the day. We believe there isn't a lot of like true history to this specific building, but we think it was there, say transportation building or somewhere where they did all the cooperage. So built all the kegs um, in the basement of the building when we actually took it over, not knowing it was a brewery building. So but that was something that was a real surprise to us. Um, they actually had um, stalls for the horses, so they actually used to um, obviously keep. The, um, the horses here. So there was no expense accounts in those days? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. No mileage, no charge, no mileage charges. <laughs> yeah. I've actually, you know, you see on the screens, but there's actually, even with uh, back in the 30s and 40s, they still used to run um, horses to deliver beer because it was still the best, best form of way. transportation yeah. and, you know, yeah. very eco-friendly. So, you know, forget your electric cars, you know. Uh, so, so though the technology has improved in the back of house, you know, there's a lot of things you can do, uh, you know, computer generated that you had to do manually back in the day. But imagine if you can, sometimes you go back there, it's a dirty business. I give full props to brewers because you're in gumboots oh. and hip waders and it's not yeah. pretty sometimes. Can you imagine what it must have been like in the late 1800s? Oh. You know, the funny thing is when when we took over this place and we were sat down one afternoon feeling a little overwhelmed with what was going on, this guy came and knocked on the door and he was probably, I would say he was like late 80s, you know. Oh, wow. So he'd been around for a while and, he, and he's like, I used to work here. And, and we're, we're looking at him like, well, in the automotive garage, because it turned into an automotive garage after it was a brewery. And he goes, no. He goes, no, I used to work in the brewery in one of the buildings. But it was the building kind of behind us. And you're like, yeah. He goes, uh, when I was 17 years old, I'm like, oh, what did you do? And he goes, I was a paddler. And I'm like, what do you mean a paddler? And he goes, I paddled the mash. And that was his job, literally, because they were open-air fermenters. Yeah. So literally, they would have these yeah. kids basically paddle in one direction and then paddle in another direction. And that was their yeah. job. And they'd sit there for like seven hours a day, wow. literally paddling. That around. sounds like a Lucy skit where she's crushing grapes yeah, with exactly. her feet. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it's a great like yeah. vision for, it's like, you know, when you look at it now, obviously sealed fermenters. and. So now that we're sort of clear again to yeah. be normal to to the most degree, um, what's, what's business like? Because everybody, we don't want to dwell on, on the last couple of years because we know that everybody took a took a hit and then found ways to survive and thrive. But um, what's it like now that it looks like happy days are kind of here again? We're, we're seeing a, um, a massive uptick in volume and production, you know, and I, I think that's that's a lot to do with obviously the restaurants opening up again, which is awesome. You know, it's nice to see people thriving. People are going out supporting. You know, we're very lucky that you know we're we're not even probably we're at 75 percent really of what we are normally in our tasting room at this time of year, but but we're definitely seeing you know a massive shift. And I uh, talk to other breweries as well, and everybody seems to be in, going in the right direction, which is fantastic. It's nice to hear. No, yeah. um, patios have become a thing. Yep. How has it been for you? Oh, amazing. Game changer. Absolute game changer. When the city adopted that program, and obviously it was it was pushed through um, pretty quickly by council, which was phenomenal. You know, city staff had to really work hard to, to get the approvals and get those out, which they did, which was amazing last year. Um, this year, hit a few hiccups on the road, you know, with, you know, trying to um, basically appease all of the legalities of actually putting these things up on a permanent structure. But I, I would say that, you know, we've got quite a few years of, like, recoup to get back to where we were, those that lost lost revenue and that catch-up time. And the patios are the bit that's going to make the difference to us. And, and there was some concern that, because I, I've, I've always maintained that once you give somebody a privilege, it's really hard to take yeah. it back. So there was totally. some concern, yeah. though, that the city council might go, okay, all right, we're out of the woods now, we're clear, now, you know, your patio comes down. Rather than the fact that they probably put some restrictions on it or some more cost to you. But um, there's been no widespread concerns or, or situations where you hear about, you know, rowdiness or, or whatever, because you're still policing. Mm -hmm. People, and I've said before, Rick, people don't come to brewery tasting rooms and outside patios to party. No. They come to enjoy the neighborhood, and they're usually a lot locals, are they not? They are, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we get, we get groups, you know, prior to COVID, um, 
2019, you know, we'd have peop 20 people turn up on their bikes and they would park their bikes outside, they'd come in, they would do a little taster and then they'd go on. So they were like, you know, the self-proclaimed brewery tours that they would do and it was the, it was the cool thing to do. Um, but they were very controlled, they were in great spirits. So it's exactly what you want from a customer base. Like, you know, they knew what they were doing. They, they, they were self-educated because they were like, oh, I like this one, I like this beer from this one, this one from this one, you know? And uh, so, you know, being in this neighborhood specifically and having the likes of, you know, Brass Neck around the corner, you know, Red Truck, Faculty, um, you know, and then going on the other side of the road, like literally would spend the day, you know, people, yeah. people walking around and finding out what's, it, it defined this neighborhood, which is amazing when you think of that's what this neighborhood used to be back in the 1800s, you know. Nigel Pike, he's a triple threat owner, operations manager, founder of Main Street Brewing. We are broadcasting from Main Street Brewing on Sportsnet Radio, also available through all streaming devices just here for the beer. Now, you're obviously well connected to the Mount Pleasant area because you have uh, restaurant experience. Uh, one of the cool places on Main is yours. Yeah, we've been, well, we've been on Main Street for just close to 20 years now. Yeah. Uh, over 20 years, in fact. Um, we own the Cascade Room, which is coming up to its 15th anniversary, wow. which is wow. Wow. Yeah. a lot of time for, for, <laughs> for a restaurant. Yeah, for yeah. a restaurant. Yeah. Especially yeah. in this, yeah, yeah. this city. And especially yeah, getting through the last couple of years has been a challenge. And then El Camino's restaurant at 16th of Main, and then the Union at Union of Main. So, yeah, yeah, we've, we've seen a lot over, over the years, but, you know, I, I love this name. This neighborhood has been so phenomenal. Like the support, the 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 longevity of you know this neighborhood and how it's felt and how it's changed, but hasn't changed too much. You know, it hasn't changed in the way that the demographic in this neighborhood is. You know, it's still entrepreneurs, young families, older people. Like it just yeah runs the gamut. So I'm going to ask you a loaded question, Nigel, but yeah. I know you're on top of stuff. We didn't rehearse this, but I know you'll have an answer for me. Uh, we do a, an RTD show. Yeah. And my piece of advice to anybody that decides to jump into the RTD market is don't waste your time with another vodka soda or vodka lemonade or, or what is it, lemon and yeah. lime, something like that, because that market is well captured. If you're going to get into the beer market now, where is it at? What I mean, if you're going to, you know, obviously you need a couple of core beers. Is it a sour market? Is it a low alcoholic market? Is it a uh, non-alcoholic market? What, what would you say the future is? The non-alcoholic market is definitely growing. It, it, it is definitely um, a big thing uh, now that people change their ways. But for us specifically, you know, we have um, a product called Hula Hula that is gaining major traction. You know, we launched it last year. The LDB picked it up this year as one of their spec items, and, and it, it literally is going gangbusters. So it, it becomes that kind of balance between the RTD and the sour beer. A lot of people like the sours, and this one definitely is that pedestrian, approachable, passion fruit, orange guava. Who can go wrong? You know, mm -hmm. sat in the park with this is a change. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, just like everything. You know, everybody's there to play. You know, everybody chooses what they want. Um, I, I still think, you know, beer is a major con contributor to to that, the drinking market, you know. Maybe the big guys are losing a little bit of market share, but definitely the craft guys, we're growing. We're, we're year eight, and we're still upping our volume year by year. So it's going to say something about what's like, happening. You gotta like that, what, right? what, yeah. what, what I think is kind of cool is one of those big, big guys that you talk about that has a plant in Chilliwack, and they're big supporters of Old Yale Brewing. Yes. <laughs> the brewers <laughs> going there at the end of the day, <laughs> we're all in the beer game. Yeah, okay? exactly. Whether it's big yeah. beer or small yeah. mom and pop beer, totally. beer is beer. Yeah. Uh, Nigel Pike, a great supporter of uh, local craft beer and the owner, operations manager, founder of Main Street Brewing. And thank you so much for having us here today. It's a real oh, pleasure to see you. And shout out to Neil you Wild. Shout out to Neil Wild. Yeah. Get well, he, He's going to uh, New York next week, so <laughs> hopefully he's pretty clear. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. All right. Always a pleasure, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Just here for the Beer Radio, sponsored in part by Angry Otter Liquor. Check out Angry Otter Liquor stores where local lives. Why choose between assortment and experience when you can have both? Shop the Angry Otter aisles with their trained team and vast curated selection. And with over $400,000 donated last year, know that the dollar you spend stays local. Angry Otter Liquor stores where local lives. Google Angry Otter Liquor stores or angryotterliquor.crs for a location near you.
This is Just Here for the Beer Radio on Sportsnet 650 AM and 96.9 HD3, a Vancouver broadcast tradition since 2010. Check out the audio podcast at justhereforthebeer.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at JHFTV. Here again are your hosts, Joe Leary and Rick Moabeer. Well, Rick, that is a wrap for our dedicated Mount Pleasant BIA and area show. And uh, thank you so much to Nigel Pike for his hospitality oh, here in his historic spot yes. on, on 7th, uh, right by Maine, just down the corner from Como Taparia, across the street where Steamworks will be. These are all people that we talk to. Our thanks so much to uh, to Brian Markovic and Carl McCreeth, um, who are with uh, Steamworks Mount Pleasant, which is opening August. August-ish. August-ish. Um, also, uh, Nigel Springthorpe, the co-founder of Brassneck Brewing, who uh, has been in this neighborhood uh, a good long time. Barry, the B in yes. R&B Brewing, Barry Benson, 25 years. Isn't 25 beers for 25 years. Yeah. yeah. And again, you have a history with Barry because yep. you know when, when you and our, our, our just here for the beer, yeah. co-creator of the show, the late great Colin Jack, where you were doing your just here yeah. for the beer, R&B was was one of the early believers in That's right. uh, in the craft. Mauricio Lozano, who is the founder of Faculty <laughs> Brewing, and just the most positive positive person you will meet in the uh, beer business. And also, unfortunately, our uh, our host of today, N- um, uh, Neil Wiles, who is the executive director of the Mount Pleasant BIA, uh, who was so cool in, uh, in setting this thing up and so immediately on board when we talked about it, because this is kind of one of the models that we now follow. Yeah. Yeah. We've taken the show through many places. Park Coquitlam. White Rock. White Rock, uh, yeah. our, our next show actually will be in Strathcona. Strathcona. We're doing a dedicated show with the Strathcona BIA. Um, but uh, Neil was uh, unfortunately uh, tested positive for COVID uh, on the morning of this recording and uh, out of an abundance of caution decided to isolate. Um, as you heard uh, Nigel Pike saying, he's going to New York next week. Oh, and boy. I, I think I would isolate too if I had the chance to go to the Big Apple. So. Yeah. But anyway, our thanks to all involved because without you, there is not enough. Us, and you can always find uh, us on social media at JHFTV. Please go and follow us. We will randomly select some new followers. We've got some merchandise to give away through uh, through social media. Uh, and also, uh, Rick, um, now that uh, COVID restrictions have been lifted, you're back doing the brewery We're tours. We're back doing brewery tours. East Van, North Van, Langley, you name it, we'll book, be there. Book a private one. Book a private one. You and your team, whether it's a bachelorette, birthday party, work, uh, work group. Bring them all down. Absolutely. And our thanks, as always, to our producer, uh, Greg Ballack. Yeah. Go, go Jays. Go Jays. I don't know where they're going, but uh, go, go Jays. That is a wrap for Just Here for the Beer Radio. This is Sportsnet 650 AM, 96.9 FM, HD3. Just Here for the Beer Radio is heard exclusively on Sportsnet 650 and is podcast through justhereforthebeer.com. For more information, check out justhereforthebeer.com and on Instagram and Twitter at JHFTB.